Happy Easter, Waters Church. So good to see all of you. If, if you're here for the first time, uh, we're so glad that you're here. We pray it's not the last time, but did you come on back and join us here growing in Christ at Waters Church? And everybody who comes regularly said, Amen. Amen. And to all of our regulars who probably don't recognize me because I'm wearing a tie, um, it's me, Pastor Tim. So, so glad to have all of you here today. We're going to get right into the message. We're going to go to John chapter 20 in the Bible and uh, take out your bulletins. And in the bulletins, there is a note page. It looks like this. And we want you to take notes, fill in the blanks, follow along with us, join us in growing in Christ through the Word of God. So today, John chapter 20, and I want to just get right into the text. So would you all stand with me as we read? Those of you who can stand, just stand with me as we read from God's Word. Verse 19 of chapter 20, here's what it says. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I ask that the words of my mouth will be pleasing in your sight. I pray also that all of our thoughts and meditations in this moment will please you. I pray, God, that you will speak deeply into our hearts. Let the word settle down deep below, take root below and bear fruit above. To the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this every time we're together, we pray it again. May we see Jesus today in him only. In his mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, before you see it, turn to one person and say, you look good for Easter today. <laughs> now turn to your second choice and say, you look like you need some resurrection today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have a seat. God bless you. I want to talk to you about the true gift of Easter, and here's the true gift of Easter. The true gift of Easter is a connection with God. Do you understand that this is what Jesus came to give you? This is what Jesus came to give you. Sometimes we don't know what gifts are for. Sometimes we misinterpret gifts. I heard a story about a guy who was a fisherman. He was out on his boat all alone in the middle of the lake fishing, couldn't catch anything all day. Suddenly he heard a voice say, hey, you, pick me up. He looked to the right. He looked to the left. Nobody there. He heard it again. Hey, you, pick me up. He looked down into the water, and poking his head out of the water was a little frog. True story. <laughs> Saying, pick me up. He picked up the frog. The frog said, if you kiss me, I'll turn into a beautiful bride for you. He took the frog, looked at it a little longer, started to stick the frog in his pocket. The frog yelled out as he was being stuffed into the guy's pocket. Didn't you hear what I said? I said, if you kiss me, I'll turn into a beautiful bride for you. He said, frog, I'm too old for that. I'm an old man, and I just found, I just figured out that I could make a lot more money with a talking frog. <laughs> Sometimes we get gifts, we don't know how to use them right. And I was thinking about the fact that when it comes to gifts, Easter's not really like the big gift holiday, right? We know what is the big gift holiday holiday. It doesn't take rocket science. I'll give you a count of three. You tell me what's the big gift holiday. One, two, three. 
Christmas. So to talk about gifts on Easter, it seems like out of place. Don't you mean the gift of Christmas, Pastor? Isn't this a December 24th message? No, this is a message for you because here's what you need to understand. That at Christmas, Jesus is the gift that God the Father gave us. Absolutely. Born of a virgin, sinless son of God, raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons to show us that God can do anything in all things. And then was put to death on the cross for our sins. And yes, because of Jesus, we can have hope that our past is no longer against us and that our sins are no longer counted against us. And we can be made right with God the Father through, the Je through Jesus Christ's work on the cross 2,000 years ago. That is the gift the Father has given us. But can I tell you that there's a gift that the Son has given us, and He gave it to us on Easter. He gave it to us on Easter. You see, this is why Jesus came. He came so that He, God the Son, given by God the Father, could give to you God the Holy Spirit. So that you could have a connection with God Almighty. And so we have like Easter gifts, we have Christmas gifts, and sadly the Easter gifts don't get much play like Christmas gifts, like Christmas shopping. Come on, you go to like 15 stores. Every year you feel guilted into buying new wrapping paper. Can't use last year's wrapping paper. Nobody will remember, but you just know it's like a sin in your spirit. You just feel wrong about it. Get new bows, you get little cards, you write out the card carefully to everybody. You go through all the little details to make sure the Christmas gifts are perfect for whoever you're writing your Christmas gifts to and giving them to. Like you'll even say, to my beloved. You don't use the word beloved. <laughs> Why are you doing it? It's Christmas. It's special. It's important. Suddenly you're Shakespeare. You know, like 50 stores take a lot of traffic in, a lot of patience, a lot of lines, a lot of waiting, a lot of paying, a lot of spending for the perfect Christmas gift-giving experience. Easter, not so much. Like Easter, how do we do it? One store. Not even a real store. Drug store. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you go to the one aisle where they got everything outside of drugs. They got motor oil. They got bandages, Easter baskets. You go to that aisle. You buy the basket, you don't even look what's in the basket. Anybody with me? Just look, just take the number of baskets you need for the number of kids you got. Check out, you go to the home, you drop it in next to their bed, you don't wrap anything, you don't do nothing, no, no name tags, no nothing, just drop it next to their bed, go to bed, wake up, just to keep them quiet on Easter morning, they got something good, we're done. You don't spend that much money on Easter either, right? My wife came to me two days ago. She said, how much do you wanna spend on the kids this Easter? How many know fathers? Those are tenuous moments. <laughs> so I gave her a number. And my beloved wife responded back to me. It's just Easter. You don't want to spend that much, do you? I said to her, honey, that's the sexiest thing I've ever heard you say to me in my life. Let's have some Netflix and chill. Let's see where the night will lead from here. Come on. This is the point that I'm making, though. This is the point that I'm making. There's a lot of people going to church. There's a lot of people that don't go to church and know that Jesus is important. Jesus, the gift of the Father, is up here in the stratosphere of gifts, and we know that. But here's what happens. We downplay the gifts that God gave us through the Holy Spirit on Easter. We don't pay as much attention to those gifts. We don't go after those gifts. Let me tell you what... What, what elementary 
Elementary faith says about the Christian message. Elementary faith says, Jesus died for my, what? Sins. Jesus died for my sins. And a lot of people leave it right there. And they go to church, and that's their experience. I'm so glad somebody died from my sins. But can I tell you that there's a whole lot more that God wants to give you? Far more than just no longer having your sins held against you anymore. And this is why Jesus came. You see, I feel like I need to say something to you people today so that you get it. A lot of people are living on the right side of Christmas and the wrong side of Easter. You need something that God came to give you through the work of Jesus on the cross. Or else you will wear out and you will get discouraged and you will not live and walk in the power of God that he wants you to live in. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Not God just around you. No. God in you. Empowering you. Lifting you up. Speaking to you. Keeping you strong. No matter what life throws at you. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is what God wants for you. I've got proof in the Bible. Okay, i got proof from Jesus' mouth. His own words, John chapter 16, verse 7. It's in your notes, I think. I want you to write, yeah, it's in your notes. I want you to fill in the blanks. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is to your, say the word, advantage. advantage. Write it down in your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write it down in your notes. (laughs) This is for your advantage that I go away. Whoa, Jesus, what are you talking about? Go away. The disciples were thinking, because this is the Last Supper when he said this. He's about three hours away from being arrested, betrayed by Judas, and hauled before the chief priests, convicted, sentenced to death, and hung on a cross. And he says, this is for your advantage. I'm going to the cross for your advantage. If I don't go, the helper, another word for the Holy Spirit. That's what he does, friends. He helps you. He helps you. Another translation says the encourager. Another translation says the counselor. Another translation um, uh, says the Holy Spirit. And I just think that all those words sum up what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to encourage. He comes to counsel. He comes to help. He's there for you. And if Jesus doesn't go to the cross... You don't have access to the helper, the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says, if I go to the cross, I will send him to you. Do you understand? This is what Easter was for. This is the gift that God wants to give you through the work of Jesus on the cross. Acts chapter 2, verse 33. When the church received the Holy Spirit, Peter suddenly emboldened by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. The same Peter who couldn't confess Christ in front of a little girl. The same Peter who denied him three times. The same Peter who tucked and fled, ran from Jesus in his darkest hour, suddenly is filled with boldness on the day of Pentecost. Why? He had the helper given to him by Jesus Christ through the work of the cross. 
And he says, now he, Jesus, is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave Jesus the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. Can I tell you that when you have the Holy Spirit poured out on you, other people will see it and other people will hear it because you can't keep quiet about how good God is to you and through you. And if you don't understand, if you don't get this, if you miss out on this, I'm telling you, if all you do is live the rest of your life knowing that Jesus died for your sins, you're going to get worn out spiritually, fatigued, like we saw in that video, tired, drained. I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in your ear, and that's you. You're just exhausted. Life will exhaust you, yes? I'm a parent of three children. I used to have hobbies. <laughs> how many remember, parents, how many remember when you used to have hobbies? Now what's your hobby? You're an Uber driver for your children. <laughs> Wherever you are, just get to come pick me up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And you just get exhausted, and you, and you used to have hobbies, you used to have things, you used to have things, and now, and now you just get home after you're done Ubering your kids everywhere, and you just fall on the couch, and you just want to watch TV, and then fall asleep, and that's it. You're just exhausted. And everybody gets naturally exhausted, but there are some of you here, and you are spiritually exhausted. You can't put up with people anymore. You want, to, you want to check out on life. You want to give up on your friendships or your job or your marriage. You feel so worn out and empty. And I want to tell you, that's not how God wants it to go for you. He wants so much more for you. Jesus said, I've come to give you life that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Not just basically surviving, but thriving in the power of God. And you need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the recharging work of God in you to help you push through whatever's coming against you. I want you to write it down in your notes, little little rhyme. We need to, get, we need to learn how to get recharged before we get discharged. <laughs> we need to get recharged regularly. I need to get recharged in God. That's what this series is about so that you don't run out of spiritual energy, of life, of vitality, as your hands are strong as you grow older, not weaker, older and stronger to the glory of God. How many of you want to get older and stronger? I want to get older and stronger. How do you do it? Through the work of God in me. So Jesus comes to his disciples. They're scared in John chapter 20. They're afraid of the Jews. They're afraid, well, they killed our rabbi. Now they're going to come after us. And he shows up and he says, peace be with you. And he breathes on them, doesn't he? Why does he breathe on them? That sounds a little strange. Some of you are like, Pastor, are you going to breathe on me? No, no, no. I will spare you that experience. But Jesus breathed on the disciples. Why? Because he was creating in the disciples a new man. The original intent of God was to have a man on the earth. Ruling and subduing. His name was Adam. Adam and Eve. Together. They were named Adam originally. And you remember that God made Adam out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into that dust. And man became a living being. 
but sin broke that breath out. Sin took our breath away. Spiritually, we were disconnected from the source of life. Jesus comes along, and he models for us a life that is connected to God. Connected to God because he was sinless. Now, here's what it says at his baptism moment in Matthew 3, 17. It says he went into the waters. He was baptized, immediately came up out of the water. And what happens? The heavens were opened to him. Look at this reality for Jesus. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. When Jesus was baptized, he received the Spirit of God and was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do wonders in his natural body. And then it says in verse 7, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. I want you to see the realities of Jesus' life that he modeled for us. A life that, number one, has got the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon that life. Is that you? The power of God coming upon Jesus is what enabled him to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel, and stand for what he believed and stand for what he said without reservation. But he also had the pleasure of the Father. See, he had the power of the Holy Spirit, and he had the pleasure of the Father. Are you living in the pleasure of the Father? This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. You need the pleasure of God to know that God is pleased with you. So that no matter who's disappointed with you, it doesn't change anything about you. You don't fall into the trap of trying to please people. Why? Because you've already got the pleasure of God. And no amount of the pleasure of people can ever surpass the glory of the pleasure of God over your life. If he is for me, who cares who's against me? This is what God has come to do for you. And Jesus models this. And he goes around the world. He goes around, around uh, Israel 2,000 years ago. And, Jesus, and, and Peter will describe this in Acts 10.38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were possessed by the devil. For God was with them. And so Jesus takes our sins upon him at the cross. He dies. He is buried. He is resurrected. And the first thing he has to tell the disciples is this. In John chapter 20, verse 22, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, I've made a way for you. So it's, it's a lot like your phones. And I don't have my phone on me. <laughs> Where's a phone? Somebody give me an iPhone in the crowd. Nobody wants to surrender their iPhone. You're afraid? Well, I die. Look. <laughs> there, there, all right, all right. Yeah, we got one. Okay. So it's a lot like this phone. This phone, it, it needs a recharge. But it, 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 there's a power source. It needs, it needs power. I want to show you the, the power source of the phone. Can I have the power source? Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much. This is the power source to this, right? But how many know you can't just... Won't work, Right? So this is kind of like this God. This, this, this is this God. <laughs> this gets power from its God right here. And it has all the power it needs. Now look at there's three prongs. There's three holes. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all right, now, <laughs> I want to unpack it for you because I'm going somewhere. God the Father, he's the positive. He gives life, energy, power. And then God the Son, he's the negative. 
This is how circuits work, by the way. There's a positive flow, there's a negative return. Electricians tell you this. Or they don't tell you this, they just charge you a lot of money to fix it for you. <laughs> Jesus is the negative. You say, that sounds bad. No, it's not bad, because here's what Jesus does at the cross. He takes all your negative. He takes all your garbage. All your sin, every lie, every swear, every lustful thought, every adultery, every theft, every murder, everything that anyone who has ever done anything wrong and puts their faith in Jesus and his finished work, Jesus takes it upon himself at the cross and is buried with it forever. And it never comes back against you because Jesus buried it in that ground 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Now God does not hold your sins against you. Jesus comes out of the grave, of course. He comes out of the grave a justified man for our salvation, for our justification. And then the Holy Spirit keeps us grounded. Grounded in what? Grounded in the work of God. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit's a seal. It's a seal that God puts in our lives to make sure we're certain we are his children. See, the scripture says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You receive the Holy Spirit so that you can have a witness resident inside of your mind and your spirit and your soul saying, don't worry about it, you're God's child. Oh, somebody hurt you? That's okay. God's your father. Oh, somebody's out to get you? That's okay. Your father can do all things. Oh, people stole from you. That's all right. Your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He can make up for whatever the devil steals from your life. And this is the power of the gospel because the gospel roots us in God's word. So the thing is, though, we can't just, we can't just connect like we need something else. Here's what you need to see. This little device that Apple has designed for us to give us a connection to the power source. And if I flip the little tongs up, check this out on the screen, it's a little clearer. It looks like a cross. <laughs> Steve Jobs preaching the gospel, amen. <laughs> and the cross is the vehicle through which you plug into God because your sins are no longer against you, and then you get plugged in. You had to have one of these funky cases on here to make it hard for me, didn't you? <laughs> And now we've got green. Green means go. How do I connect to God? Do I just think positive thoughts? No. Do I meditate? No. Here's how you connect to God. You come to the cross and you say, I'm not good enough, but Jesus did it for me. And I thank you that you took my sins away from me. And now I come boldly into the throne of God's grace to receive the Holy Spirit and live in his power and not my own. Am I preaching to anybody yet? This is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for me. And you need to learn that this is what Easter is all about. This is why he came, to give you that connection to God. So write this down in your notes. It's kind of the theme of my message. Through the cross, Jesus made a way for anyone who received him to experience a Holy Spirit-empowered life. That's what the cross is about. Your sins taken away, God's pleasure, and access to the power of God. So that you're no longer doing life in your best efforts. You're no longer trying harder. 
you're actually living in the wind of the Holy Spirit. Three things about the Holy Spirit, and then we're done. And it's all because of the empty grave. So number one, because the grave is empty, we have access to the peace of God through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, anybody notice how angry everybody is lately? And it's like, no matter what happens, no matter who gets elected, somebody's going to be angry. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, no matter how smart we get, it doesn't take away that anger and that hatred. Some people think the answer to the world's problems is technology. No, that's not true. With technology, we make atomic bombs. With technology, we make guns. With technology, we make all kinds of weapons. With te technology, we make all kinds of things to hate on each other in just a different format. This is technology right here. Just helps us hate each other in different ways. Right? You're on your little Facebook feed. Like, oh, I didn't know that they voted for them. Oh. Let me tell you why you are stupid. Send. And I told them. And then they do it back to you. And then now, you're no longer talking to each other anymore. And Easter is awkward. Because you got to see each other for dinner after church. <laughs> We're just hating on each other. We're just doing what we do naturally. The first two brothers. One brother came to God with his first. The second brother came to God with his leftovers. His name was Cain. And he hated Abel. Why? Because his heart was not right with God. The point is, is that you're never going to be right with your fellow man until you are right with your Father in heaven. The problem is not guns. The problem is not bombs. The problem is not phones. The problem is the human heart. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Out of the heart of man, Jesus says, comes evil thoughts, fornications, lies, murders, adultery. All these things come from within a man and make him unclean. It's the heart of man that is wicked, and the heart of man needs to be healed. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by the blood of Jesus Christ, making a way for God to dwell inside of us. And now we have peace with God. You want to have peace with your fellow man? Have peace with God. Let that Holy Spirit come and take up residence inside of you and tell you it's all right. It's all right. The war between you and God is over. The peace has been established. Now peace comes from the Father into our being and out to our fellow man because we've been made, we've been made right with the one who really matters. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 19. He came and he stood among them. Peace be with you. Showed them his hands. Why does he show them his hands? War's over. I took the cost. I took the shots. I took the scourging and the punishment so that you don't have to. War's over. There's peace now between you and your creator. And then he says it again in verse 21. Peace be with you. And I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out as ambassadors of peace. Show the world what it looks like for somebody to know that they're right with their creator. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in and gives us peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. It's a peace the world cannot understand. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You need the peace of God. One of the things that everybody's trying to figure out right now is all of these school shootings. All these school shootings. 
Why are they happening? Why is there so much hatred for some people, for other pe- in some people, for other people? And CNN says something, and, not, and the other Fox News, they say something else. What's the truth? You know, there's a, there's a little inconvenient truth that's common to almost every school shooting. Do you know what it is? The shooter had a terrible relationship with his father. Time and time and time again. Nobody wants to talk about this. Nobody wants to talk about this because we believe free sex is is the ultimate expression of humanity, and it's not. Sex was made for the procreation of the species so that mom and dad would raise children together and give them a male and female experience so they could grow up strong and healthy. Can I tell you that I am a father of three children? And listen, listen. There are days when my children don't want anything to do with me. They want mommy. They love mommy, and she's a great mommy. She's so much more patient than me. She cleans up their mess. She's kind. Sometimes she gets in between me and them when my wrath is, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Mommies. Oh, thank God for mommies. But can I tell you, God is my witness. There are some days when my sons can't get enough of me. And they crawl up when they were young, and they still have one that's still young. And, you know, he'll run from me, like, for five days. And then there's a day when he's like, I'm coming up there, and I'm climbing on top of you, and you're going to hold me whether you like it or not. (laughs) He needs it. He needs peace with his father. When you don't have peace with your father, there's anger in here. There's, There's heartache. There's brokenness. I have a friend. He's a priest. He struggles with same-sex attraction. He's married three children himself. He went to his priest for counsel. The priest gave him the worst counsel you could ever imagine. I don't even want to say it from this stage. And uh, you know what he said to me? He said, I've, I've worked through it. Lots of counseling, lots of prayer, lots of fasting. But I, I know why I feel like that. I know why it's there. My father was never around. And all I've ever wanted in my entire life was to crawl up into the arms of another man and have him hug me and tell, him, tell me he loved me. You see, when that, when that relationship between a father and a child is broken, horrible things can happen. It doesn't always happen, but it can happen. And I want to tell you, some of you don't got a good father. I got it. I know. I, some of you had a father distant or, or walked out on you, or maybe mom walked out on you. Can I tell you? Can I tell you today that because of what Jesus did for you, you can have a good relationship, a healthy relationship with a good, loving, heavenly Father who will never give up on you and never wrongly treat you and never leave you. And you say, well, it was my mother. My mother left. Can I tell you the Bible says he made them male and female in his image. The male image, the female image, both come from God the Father. He can be your spiritual mother. He can be your spiritual father for your spiritual health so that you can stand strong in his power through the Holy Spirit reminding you, you are his child. Don't worry about what everybody else says about you. We have peace because of the cross as the Holy Spirit bears witness that we are sons of our Father in heaven. Number two, because the grave is empty, we have access to the truth of God through the Holy Spirit. The truth of God. I don't know about you, but I'm getting frustrated by all the lying. (laughs) 
I hope that in this audience we have some CNN people. You hear the people laughing, right? Those are Fox News people. Yeah. yeah so we got Fox News people, we got CNN people. Both are liars. Both are shaping the facts in different ways so that you listen to them. I hope you're paying attention here because nobody else is telling you this. I'll tell you this. Both are lying to you, twisting the details so that you follow their lead. And I get so frustrated. I gotta turn it off because I'm like, I don't, ah. I just, there's no words. I need truth so that I don't listen to the lies. Some of you, your life is jacked up. Do you know why? Because you bought into a lie 20 years ago. You lived the lie. And only now you're waking up to the fact that you lived the lie for 20 years. And if only you could go back 20 years ago and listen to the truth. I got, good, I got news for some. I got, I got an op opportunity for somebody. Before you waste 20 years living by lies, why don't you let the truth of God root you and ground you in his word? So that you have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you this gift of discernment. What does that mean? I can discern what's right and what's really wrong. And I can learn how to receive the word of God into my life. When Jesus showed his hands and breathed on the disciples, in John 20, verse 22, again, receive the Holy Spirit. But there's a, there's a parallel passage in the Bible to this moment. It's in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. It's the, same, it's the same moment, but Luke doesn't say he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But Luke does say, in that same moment that he said, receive the Holy Spirit, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Why am I going on about this? Because translation is very simple. Through the Holy Spirit, our minds are open to understand God's word. Some of you say, I don't understand a single word. You need the Holy Spirit. He wrote it. One author, friend. One author. 40 different writers, one author. Inspired by God. God breathed. Isn't that cool? 2 Timothy 3.17 says, it is God breathed. The breath of God. In this word, when you read it, it can breathe life into you. I hope you have time in your day, in your week, when you're in this word, and not just here at church, but letting God speak to you through the Holy Spirit who wrote it. It'd be like, anybody ever take a Shakespeare class? Anybody ever take a Shakespeare class? No smart people in this church. Okay, when you take a Shakespeare class, you, you don't have a clue what he's saying. You don't have a clue because he, he talks weird. It, it wouldn't be cool, though, if you could have Shakespeare next to you as you read what he wrote. So what did you mean by this? Because this we don't say like this anymore. What does that mean? You know? This is the cool thing about the scriptures. You can have the Holy Spirit helping you understand what he inspired in the first place. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says this. Now we, it's in there in your notes there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might, what is it? That we might what? Understand. understand the things freely given us by God. God's given you some things freely. Do you understand what they are and how to use them? And he says, we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by who? The Spirit. He's our teacher. And then it says this, interpreting spiritual truths. 
to those who are spiritual. He says, don't expect natural people. The next verse, the natural people don't get this. They don't accept the things from the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually what? What's the word? Spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit can give you discernment in the Word of God so that you can live healthy, whole, strong, not disillusioned. How many of you, I wonder how many of you wish that God spoke to you about that person that you spent three years dating and they wasted your time? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Sister, don't go out with him. Mm-mm. He'll waste your time. Like seriously. Or don't buy that house. Or don't, don't take that job. Don't move to that area. This is the Holy, the Holy Spirit wants us to speak to you. Of course, through the word. Okay, he's not going to give you the lottery numbers. I'm sorry. Not going to give you the lottery numbers. But he'll help you because he wants his children to prosper. And he comes up inside of you. Why? Because the, the, the work of the cross has, has, has created that connection between you and your dad. Third, because the grave is empty, we have access to confidence that God gives through the Holy Spirit. Confidence. Boldness. Power. Another word for all those words is confidence. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 24, 49, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think about this really quickly. Just think about this. this is so cool. We are on the other end of the earth from where Jesus said that. We are on the other end of the earth from where Jesus said that exact phrase to his disciples. And we are here talking about that same Jesus, reading the same words, partaking in the same fellowship. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit gave those men confidence that what they knew about Jesus was true. And somebody had to hear it. And they shared it. And they told others who 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 told me. And hopefully is, I'm telling you, and you're hearing now, that the same Holy Spirit that turned Peter from a weak-willed disciple who couldn't confess Christ in front of a 12-year-old girl, when the Holy Spirit came into his life, he stood up on the day of Pentecost and he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus to the very people who put Jesus on the cross. And as soon as he was done preaching, they were cut to the heart and confessed him. And 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Confidence. You know what I see, young people? Young people, I see you doing this all the time. Even older people, too. You know what you're doing? You're going everywhere else for confidence. Everywhere else. Getting on social media. That's why we're addicted to social media. Social media. Let me get something up on my social media feed so that somebody will like it. Somebody will like me. And if they like me, I'll have confidence. And you got to understand this. You're doing that because you think that you see all those other people on social media, then they got so much confidence because their life looks so much better than yours. But do you understand that you're just seeing their highlight reel? Anybody watch ESPN? You know, they take what? They take like a three-hour game. They boil it down to 15 seconds. Highlights. 
You don't see the fouls, the timeouts, the boring commercials. You don't see that. So too on social media. You don't see everybody's average ordinary moments where they're just eating Cheerios and brushing their teeth. You see them in their Michael Jordan moments. You don't see them slouched on the couch, exhausted from their day because they Ubered their kids around for three hours. And you try to keep up with people because you think that's real life. That'll make me feel worth something. I got news for you. It won't. A famous Hollywood actor, I don't want to share his name, but he said this. He said, I hope that everybody could get all the fame and all the power and all the money they ever want so they can finally realize that it's not worth it. It's not enough. What is enough? The power of the Holy Spirit living in you, testifying to you that you are God's child and he loves you with an everlasting love. And he's made you for great things. Walk in them.